Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we are going through the Law of Success series, Self-Control is the chapter we're going through today. I believe that's chapter 10, maybe chapter 9. Here, let me check for you real quick. I got my book right here, mostly because sometimes I need to go through the stories. I'm not going to cap. I've been a little behind on, as you know, I've been doing this Law of Success series for a while now, and... I haven't been um, posting the episodes like daily. There's been time in between them. So it's been a while since I read the book. So I typically have to review each chapter before I get into it. Self-control is chapter seven, actually. So we still have a good number of chapters to get through. But what really stood out to me in this chapter, I always suggest you go buy this book, The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. What really stood out to me in this chapter is that he defines self-control as the means to direct your enthusiasm. I think this is important because um, self-control, we can think of it in a lot of ways. Like you, you kind of think of discipline, like the ability to wake up on time, the ability to show up on time, the ability to control your emotion, the ability to hide your emotion. For some people, that I would say is a negative form of self-control. But he explicitly defines it, explicitly says in the book, self-control in part is the means to direct your enthusiasm. And that's the part I want to focus on because he did talk about enthusiasm in the book and how it is such an important part of life that is contagious and allows you to influence others and influencing others gives you power. You can garner attention. You can make things happen in the world, right? So if you can direct that enthusiasm and you can control it, it improves your ability to, you know, have power in the world, right? And if you're a good person, you'll do good things with that power. Shout out Alex Hormozzi, who makes it very clear that power is neither good nor bad. I'm pretty sure he makes it clear. Uh, That's who I think of when I think of that. Regardless, the means to direct your enthusiasm. So you have a lot of energy. It's kind of similar to his notion of sexual transmutation, like taking that sexual energy, which is a form of enthusiasm, I'm sure, and directing it towards something that you're focused on right now ideally to impact lives. He also goes on to say that a lack of self-control leads to a lot of people's grief. I think this is the case because when you have self-control, you can direct your enthusiasm in a place where it is beneficial to you. It brings the best returns, brings the best rewards. People are good at allocating their time. People are good at um, allocating their energy, allocating their efforts all of that stuff to bring about good things. If you're not good at that and you're left to the default of the world, there's a huge potential to bring on bad things. And I think that's why a lack of self-control leads to a lot of people's grief. And also self-control allows one to use organized effort. So when you direct your enthusiasm, you direct it in an organized manner towards a specific goal. Um, I'm actually forgetting what we call them here. It's a definite chief purpose, definite chief aim. I believe it's one of those two things. Yep, definite chief aim. I was just going back looking at my notes, but 
um, yeah, so self-control helps you to achieve a definite chief aim by really directing that enthusiasm, directing that energy, focusing, and controlling yourself to kind of stay the course. And so if you can stay focused, if you could keep up that self-control, you'll see the results compound over time, and you'll just far surpass people who lack that self-control. And you'll see grief come up upon people that you don't have to experience because you had self-control. Um, where has it shown up in my life? This is a really sad point that I think a lot of people are going to resonate with. The biggest place self-control has showed up in my life is anytime I've been trying to succeed, trying to succeed for other people. And so that comes out, for example, when I was playing football, I was really good at playing football. I had the self-control to stay on the mat during off season, lift the weights, eat the food. I would be at the table eating for like an hour and a half in tears. It wasn't a frequent occasion that I was in tears, but there were some times where I'd be in tears finishing my food and I had the self-control to stay there. But the question I want to pose to you guys is, do you guys really consider that self-control? Self-control, again, is directing your enthusiasm. I said it only showed up in my life when I've been trying to succeed for other people. I really think that's other people directing my enthusiasm. And yes, it's kind of me giving up my ability to direct it. So I'm indirectly controlling it, but I really don't think there was a lot of self-control because here I am not living other people's lives. And it's a lot harder to direct my enthusiasm, to have self-control, to be disciplined than I first thought it was. Yes, you do need accountability systems, but I also think there's something of holding yourself accountable, showing up to yourself, holding yourself to a certain standard. For example, I hold myself accountable to paying my rent. That's something I care about. I don't really need anybody to tell me to pay my rent. I'm going to pay my rent. Yes, there are consequences on the back end, but just because those consequences are immediate doesn't mean longer term consequences of neglecting yourself should be overlooked. For example, I don't pay my rent, I get kicked out. So you would think that's accountability, but what should be accountability is like, you don't become the person you know you can become. You don't do the things you wanna do. You don't love the people you want to love. And you look up and you're 80 years old and you regret your entire life. That's a little scarier than getting kicked out of your apartment. A whole hell of a lot scarier, actually, than getting kicked out of your apartment. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about self-control and um, kind of how you view accountability and how you prioritize things. And get people around you that remind you of that because it's important to be reminded of. Where do I want self-control to show up in my life? I really want to show up for myself and growing my business slash impact. And so I think it looks very simple. Like Alex Formosi talks about, I'm a big fan of Alex Formosi right now. If y'all can't tell, <laughs> y'all should go check him out. I think the man will change your life as I hope this podcast does. Um, Alex Formosi talks a lot about kind of the 100 a day rule. And if you're trying to start a business, if you're trying to generate leads for anything, do 100 actions per day, 100 DMs, 100 emails, 100 calls, $100 a day on marketing or 100 pieces of content a week for the organic, organic stuff. And that's very simple, simple action, hard to execute, but simple action. And so showing up for myself would be getting in those 100 reps a day. And then getting my VA on board, we get 200 reps in a day. Right now I'm trying to get my VA on board and that's work we're into hundred reps. I'm like, well, I could put in hundred, I could put in 150, I could put in 200, you know, it's like, I could wake up at five and put in a hundred. And so it's just that idea of consistently showing up for myself with when I go to sleep, 
when I wake up, just basic health stuff, honestly, like working out consistently, cutting my hair, um, drinking water, like all this stuff that you think is really basic. But I'm telling you, if you're a young kid and you're in high school right now and your life's really structured, it does start to fall apart when you don't have people kind of over your every minute. And if you have it together, uh, decide whether or not you have it together because it came from the inside out or because of outside circumstances kind of pulling you in directions. That's something for you to decide. I don't know. Journal about it. So that's where I wanted to show up in my life. Um, Self-control and showing up for myself and growing my business and impact. I think just organized effort requires self-control, like Napoleon Hill talks about in this chapter. And if I can get organized around the 100 contacts a day, around the um, replying to texts within X amount of time for the real estate campaign, within the reading and visualizing my goals, within the how I speak to myself, how I speak to others, like all of those little things add up to create your world. So organize effort in that way and self-control to avoid shiny object syndrome as well. That's another place where I wanted to show up. I've been jumping from thing to thing to thing like trying to wrap my head around what do I want to do? What do I want to be about? And that's part of the process. So if you don't know, it's fine to do that. But once you do know, just buckle down and go after it. So that's where I want to show up in my life. How can you apply self-control to your life right now? I say start extremely simple. And this is the same advice I'm giving to myself because I struggle with it too, guys. So self-control, start simple. Control your bedtime consistently for 90 days. And set, set a time where it's like you can always go to sleep at that time. So if you, every Tuesday night, happen to go to small group, and small group ends at 9, and you don't get home till 9.45, and you know you need 30 minutes, you either have to, and you want to go to sleep at 9.30, you either have to give up small group or go to sleep later. And so don't pick a time that's going to conflict with something that you have routinely scheduled. So maybe you go to sleep at 11. But you know you want to spend time with your fiance after small group. And so 11 might be pushing it tight. She gets in a bad mood by 1030 anyway. She wants to go to sleep. <laughs> this is my life, if you guys didn't know. Um, so yeah, pick 11. Pick 1130. That's a safe time. Safe time. You can consistently go to sleep at 1130 and then wake up at 630. That's seven hours of sleep. Ideally, you probably want to be getting more like eight or nine. But you can do seven for a little bit until you get a bit more financial means and control of your situation, except that was a limiting belief right there from me. Guys, I coach myself on these podcasts, as you can't tell. Um, pick your ideal bedtime and stick to it. Pick something you know you can achieve. Be consistent with it for 90 days. And that's how you start to build that self-control. I think it's similar to the self-confidence of like keeping promises to yourself. And also you can set up accountability systems for self-control. And the way I like to do that, um, I, I'm not a pro at it, but as I've thought about it, you can um, set up accountability systems that pull you towards something as opposed to punishing you. So I learned about this in college, one of the few things I learned in college, and it's that punishment is basically pointless. Like it really doesn't do much. It stops you from doing a negative behavior, but it doesn't show you the correct behavior to do. And if you think about it, a lot of us don't know the correct behavior to do. Otherwise, we'd be living in a much, much different world. So accountability systems get positive accountability that pulls you in a direction. So don't say, if I don't go to sleep at 1130, I don't get to eat breakfast in the morning. 
no, that would be silly. Instead, tag it to something you want to do. Like if I go to sleep at 1130, I get to wake up at 630, that's seven hours. And if I wake up at 630, I get to build my business, which means I get to change lives. Like you can change that kind of, you can be pulled towards something instead of pushed away from something. Um, Cause it's also like, do you want to be motivated by love or do you want to be motivated by fear? I want to wake up at 630 to change lives. I don't want to go to sleep at 1130 to avoid being hungry. You know, it's just, um, just how I want to run my life, but up to you, up to you accountability systems and start simple, put some self-control in your life. I say control your bedtime because if you can control your bedtime, I genuinely think that's one of the hardest things to control. Sleep is also one of the most beautiful things for the body. It will help you build momentum in your life. And that habit will stack. Other habits will stack on it. And then you will change your life before you know it. Shout out to James Clear and Atomic Habits for proof of that. Because um, as you can tell, I'm struggling with it myself. So yeah, if you doubt me, ask James. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. If you like this, make sure to go check out workwithtimmydouglas.com. Hopefully it's up to date by the time you are watching this video. We have a new thing up and going. It is the Creative Dealmakers Mastermind. You know this podcast is about identifying people's dreams and goals, helping them identify the person they need to take the next step, and then making that intro. I think a lot of people will be unclear on that person because they don't know what type of deal will take them to the next step. For example, if I got focused on doing a multi-million dollar real estate deal and needed to meet X, Y, and Z person, I'd get really focused on meeting that person. For my Creative Dealmakers Mastermind, I'm really focused on getting influencers to help me grow my mastermind that have access to a college, um, college network, right? And are business-minded, relationship-focused, have all of our values, et cetera, et cetera. And so... When you know what you're trying to create, you know who you need to meet. If you don't know what you're trying to create and it's just kind of a loose dream, a loose goal, and you don't have a plan to it, you're not going to know next steps, which means you're not going to know your next person. So the Creative Dealmakers Mastermind is to really help people get clear as well as create the deal, make it happen, and then generate four to five K a month. Uh, in the next couple years. It's primarily for college students and younger entrepreneurs, but older entrepreneurs, if you want to generate four to five K a month from a business or assets that you purchase, let me know. We'd love you in the mastermind. So go check that out. As we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people, you know, need to hear this message. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.